Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Rodeo Time, the podcast. I believe it's episode 90. Yes. Uh, some some applause. Some people celebrate 100. We celebrate 90 because Dale Brisby keeps it 90. We've got in the house a, um, I think this is your third Rodeo Time podcast, Mr. Cody Webster. You are actually... Trace. So, Webb is here. We like to do a podcast with Webb because he's got an incredible story. But he's also here for another reason. And uh, we've got a special surprise for his lovely bride. Um, we got a fighting cow here. Okay, what? We have a lot of fighting cows at home. Why is that a surprise for Yeah, me? but we've got cameras here also. We'd like for you to get in front of her. <laughs> I We'd like for you. you to make a round. Oh, but, okay. All but, right. but okay. you know, some, guy, some guys wear vests. We've got like one of those huge blow-up balloons. Yeah. The knocker ball. The knocker ball. You've have seen, a, them. Have you seen, seen them. I've seen them. I've seen them. That's why he requested you to be here so bad. Did you know that's why? Did you lie to me when I asked you? <laughs> did you did you lie to your wife? Nope. Smash Smash nope. is really good. I didn't know the info. Bulls. I know. She'll her. step around them. Barefoot. I've seen her find them barefoot. Smet step around yeah, them. Yeah, do barefoot. So this should be a breeze. And you get to wear a helmet. Legit. They, they're they're kind of smaller than the ones that you've seen on Facebook. So that's why the helmet comes in. Your, your head won't be covered. <laughs> it will be by the helmet, but not by the knocker ball. This is going to be good. Oh, uh, it sounds like it's going to be great. It sounds like it's going to be spectacular. Yeah, yeah. Let's so, get to it. So we're going um, uh, to go do that. But first, we're going to have this podcast. So um, yeah, tune in to... Um, Rodeo Time 90, the podcast. Check out dalebrisby.com for all the Cody Webster merch. Also, merch Leroy, dice. this is Donnie. We're here too. Dice. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Donnie and Leroy are here also. We got, we're dual bam, sound bam, 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 bam. Dual sound Don't men. touch my soundboard. <laughs> yeah, we've got uh, Donnie Stop. and Leroy running sound. Stop. You're turning it down. <laughs> and now on to the podcast. Oh, do we need this? Thank yeah, you. we need the intro music. goodness what rodeo rex oh that's gnarly what'd you do that that's a bad knockout that's a bad wreck on rodeo rex she just posted it oh there we got knocked out before his yeah before he even came on yeah that's bad news bears how you go live on facebook i hadn't been live in a while i thought they stopped letting you go live me yeah no you can't go live on Instagram? We'll find out. We've got Mr. Cody Webster in the house. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Rodeo Time, the podcast, along with Smash the Smash Webster. Um, not We're, we're also um, on uh, Instagram Live. IG let me go live today, so Facebook wouldn't. Yeah, baby. What the, what's the deal, Mark Zuckerberg? You've been doing a lot on social media. He don't know. He don't know. He don't know. He's Is it be, cooler if we're in shades? Okay, cool. I mean, I am. It does. I, I do like all it. The time. I'm going. I'm going shaded. But I got something to hide. So I'm a man of mystery. I'm not hiding anything. I just wearing a pair of shades. Yeah, you just like to, you just like to shade up. These lights are bright. They are. Where are you just coming from? 
Man, we uh, just flew home, I guess, a couple days ago, Sunday. I went from New York City to Denver, uh, stock show for the PBR. New York City PBR, Denver's PBR. From there to Chicago's PBR. Flew home uh, Sunday. Went and watched Cody Gertzen at the IFR, and now we're at the beaches. Now you're at the beaches. Did you go to those? No. no. I went to the IFR. You've been doing real estate stuff, huh? Is yeah. that what you're doing? Been doing some paying the bills, son. She's been the one actually paying the bills. <laughs> well, I, I mean. Have, I've been doing a lot of different things at home, but yeah, it's one of them. Yeah, it's been sure. good. Hey, if you're watching on IG, um, ask some questions to our man, Cody Webster. Uh, what is it? Is it four-time? What what Emmy finals? <sighs> I, <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh, it's gotten a bit complicated. Eight, nine-time NFR uh Bullfighter, Bullfighter of the Year, two times. And how many times is the PBR World Finals? Uh, Would have been eight, but thanks to the vid. The one nine? It's a seven. Seven. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, ask your questions. I'll come back here in a minute, and I will uh, um, check these questions. We'll check with the crowd. So you uh, you just got through. We're, we're on the 20th day, 19th day of January as we're recording this, and you've already been to how many events? How many perfs have you fought? Uh, Perf-wise would be three at the Texas Circuit Finals, two at New York, three at Denver, two at Chicago. So, And didn't you figure up how many bulls you got in front of last year? Like, Yeah, I did a little statin uh, on our way to the NFR, just um, – some guys were kind of asking, like, how many bulls do you think you fight a year? And I was like, man, I really don't know, to be honest. But just on what I had on the books was over. It, I think after the NFR is going to be like 4,700 bulls in 2021. Is that all? Is that that's, all? <laughs> that's just competition. That's not bull schools or practice bulls or, you know, anything like that. That's just straight what I had basically booked jobs. So so you've always, I mean, you're a fan of freestyle. You're, uh, you, you've, you've been freestyle fighting for a long time, but uh, you've kind of eased up because of your numbers getting so high. Yeah, it's just scheduling. I mean, like I still, still crave and and love freestyle bullfighting, but it's it's something that, you know, you can have a really really good day, a really really good bullfight, and you're still going to be. A beat up and a little bit sore the next day uh -huh. and i mean that's that's normal i mean that's nothing to to change your mind about but uh being where i'm at in my career being uh the jobs that i have with the pbr with the prca getting to go to all these great rodeos i mean it's uh to me i mean i i can't take any more on you know that's that's legitly i i don't want to book anymore just because yeah. my body is i mean it it's a grind yeah 4700 bulls i mean like bull riders like they might get on a hundred in a year you know? yeah i mean i think you're going to be somewhere around that 150 one 150 160 a year at, if you're at, going pretty hard right if you're going hard but i but, mean but i mean if, if you're getting on just two a weekend that's 104 you right. know if you get on three a weekend then if i'm not mistaken that's uh 156 but the point is, bullfighters, you guys got to get on. You guys got to get in front of everything out at that right. performance. So, um, that's a good. And I think I think like that's kind of a testament of of what 
has really been going on. And I've had this schedule, I think, you know, like 20, 2012, the year before I got the NFR for my first time, I, you know, I, I had a pretty large schedule. And so basically going on, you know, a good 10 year solid of, of this many bulls a year, close to it. Right. Uh, you know, and it, it's kind of, it's kind of a double edged sword in my opinion, because, you know, like talking with some guys, like it's like, you know, fighting that many bulls, it's really, really easy to stay sharp. You know, like you, yeah. you can keep your edge, you can, you can stay where you want to be. But on the flip side of that, you know, a bunch of little injuries don't have to have a big, a big crazy injury, but just little small things kind of start totaling up, adding up. And then, you know, I, I think that every, uh, athlete's going to go through this if you're doing what we're doing at this many performances a year you know you're gonna you're, there's gonna come times that you're gonna have mental strains uh walls to, to break through and to to stay on top of your game and uh, i i owe a lot of that to my team and and ashley and and what we do there at home is being around cattle every day seeing bulls every day uh you know it it's no big deal at all to get like a full-on gym workout and then literally walk out of my shop, go right into my arena, and go right into my footwork drills and and fight live cattle, you know, a couple of days a week. So I think that's a big testament of of staying sharp and, you know, showing up and doing your job at a at a high level for forty seven hundred bulls a year. That's that's saying yeah. something. How many people do you think get in front of that many bulls a year? Man, I I'm gonna narrow it down. I'd probably say maybe four, five. Yeah, five guys, five know. or six of you guys. Yeah, that's a bunch. That's a bunch. Let's see if anybody's got any questions. How many bulls did you get in front of in 2021? There, uh, smash. Was that this year that I fought that one the other day? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I fought my calf the other day. My uh, Highland cow had a. Well, she had a big wreck. Uh, <laughs> In okay, 20, listen, this is, he asked 21. me what I was doing. He <laughs> yeah, but you. you're not going to bring this one up, and we have to bring this one up. Well, it'd be cooler if you'd have got it on video, but... Well, uh, she was getting you. So, yeah, so I had to fight one of the cows. All the boys fought her, and she didn't fight any of them. And Cody's like, just fight her. I completely didn't want to, and she she took a horn to me, all right? Where, where did the horn get you? In my hamstring. <laughs> she started the hamstring anyways and went right on straight up that that right cheek <laughs> we've got uh rodeo life dakota is asking when the next bull school is so cody does these uh he calls them bull schools it's uh it's a a, a bullfighting camp if you will kind of like basketball camp when you're in and if you played basketball for three days but it's it's Ballin, with uh it's it's <laughs> It's with a basketball that could um, put a horn in your hamstring. Yeah. It, yes. <laughs> Very well. Uh, to answer that question, it's, I mean, we get we get our stuff's blown up twenty four seven on when's the next camp? When's the next camp? And uh, to be honest, I don't have anything planned right now, just because it's it's dead of winter. We're having to feed, take care of everything, plus a full schedule. But plus it's cabin plus cabin season so when things warm up and the grass green grass starts popping uh march april may is kind of going to be our our hot months to to do some bull schools this is a pretty interesting one oscar the the burned doodle says uh were you ever scared 
at any point in your career? Man, I'd have to say uh, probably the biggest fear that I have is is not so much of the bulls or uh, like really bulls don't scare me. They don't. Uh, but my biggest fear is is not making that save, not making the right move to keep somebody safe because uh, I, th- I think it goes kind of underrated of what people, you know, it's pretty easy for us to, to really put in a perspective of, you know, dumbing down the situation. But what we do is dangerous. What we do is is got a large price to pay if things go wrong. And uh, I think that's where my fear is, is, is not showing up to do my job or make that save. What's your favorite movie and are you reading anything? Ooh, favorite movie. Depends on if he's sick or not. Yeah, if I'm sick, it's Lonesome Dove. Let's just put it on. Dang, nice. Get the chicken noodle soup out and just roll with it. But uh, probably still watch a lot, a lot of film weekly. What's your favorite movie? <sighs> I don't know. Just tell the people. Don't be embarrassed. It's Rush Hour. Okay. <laughs> Rush Hour is my favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> They've got a couple people asking... Uh, what's your favorite rodeo? What's your favorite summertime rodeo? Ooh, my favorite rodeo. It, it's kind of a toss up right now. I, I really, really love Cheyenne 10 days, uh, you know, afternoon perfs, something about being in that sand and, and being a kid growing up, seeing the, the Lane Frost videos and, you know, it's just Cheyenne. It's the daddy. It's, it's really cool and lots of bulls, but Reno, Nevada is another rodeo that I've come to really, really like. Yeah, it's a ten. It's like a, a ten day rodeo, and it's, it was probably pretty awesome. electric this last year with JB. It was real electric. Riding it was, good there. It was a lot, a lot of fun, man. Um, do you actually have a home, or do you just travel and fight bulls? <laughs> no, we we got a home. Yeah, love from not. Australia. Believe it or not, that's what they said. Um, I thought there there was another question in here. I was about to ask you. Uh, this one's kind of. Can you teach us what exactly is the trick to fighting bulls? So maybe to kind of rephrase that question, let's ask, um, like, what would be the number one fundamental before you walk into the arena? Like, what's the most important thing you need to remember or do when you're fighting bulls? Number one fundamental, uh, if if you're capital protection, it's, it's saving guys. I mean, that's... You know that you you want to have the the smooth nights. You want to have everything to be perfect. Uh, working with working as a team, or whatever. But at the end of the day, whether it's right or wrong, you got to save the guys. Yep, that's that's number one. Yeah. And this guy asked, "When's the next bull school?" A bunch of times. What's the wreck you've ever seen at the NFR? What's the worst wreck? Worst wreck you've ever seen at the NFR? Ooh. Uh, I don't know. There's been a handful over the years that's that's kind of come down the wire. I, you know, uh, Steve Woolsey getting his head stomped. Uh, you know, a real bad knockout. Uh, I think maybe my first year to go. Uh, multiple broken bones. JB this year. You know, hanging up, knocked out. Uh, it's kind of normal for JB, but for the rest of the world, they, yeah, they kind of thought that was a little rank. Cool. Um, one cool. more question. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Sorry. I was reading a question as I said that. Um, I'm not listening to you at all. Um, 
Who do you think you fight bulls like Rob Smets or Miles Hare? And why? Uh, Neither. Neither? I'd have to go. I, I really patterned myself off, off Frank Newsom. Uh, guy that's been around for so, so long, has been in the freestyle, has been in the protection, and uh, is probably the toughest guy I know. Yeah. You know, if you're having a bad day and you think you, you need to limp, just think about him and you'll start walking a little better. All right, I'm going to log off of this uh, um, this Instagram Live. Thank you guys for all the questions. You go fo- follow uh, Cody Webster, official Cody Webster on Instagram. And this is his Smash beautiful wife, Webster. Smash Webster, on Instagram. Especially if you want to learn what, uh, what bullfighting is all about, if you want to um, get in a bull school. Then uh, you, if if you are a currently fighting bulls, you can watch his videos on YouTube, or you can get in that bull school. So go check him out. Thank you guys for listening in on the live. And uh, y'all got any uh, questions for our man over here? I got a bunch I want to talk about. I just wanted to do the Q and A on on Instagram live. Go ahead. Okay. I don't really have any questions. No, we we talked before. Okay, Leroy, uh, quieting down. <laughs> yeah, that's enough. <laughs> Yeah, Leroy. Thank you. We uh, real estate. How long you been a realtor? Three years. Yep. Have yeah. Have you enjoyed it? Yeah, it's pretty fun. I uh, sometimes I really enjoy people, and sometimes I remember why I stay in my house on the weekends occasionally. So yeah, but no, it's really good. I really like selling real estate. It's a lot of fun. You meet a lot of cool people. Have you come across any like? I mean, you get a lot of stuff and you see it before the market does. Is there anything that's just like, oh my gosh, I want to live there? Yeah, I've seen a few places like that. Cody always vetoes it. But right. I don't a- veto it. I, just, <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> there's a lot There's a lot of cool ranches in Oklahoma. I always tell people that Oklahoma is the best kept secret. Yeah. All the Californias, everybody wants to move to Texas, but I mean. Which is totally I hate fine. to put that out on the podcast because we literally, Oklahoma is a We've got some really nice ranches up there. Absolutely, it's it's pretty. There's a lot of really good grass in Oklahoma. There is. The yeah. grass is strong. Yes, yes. Yeah. Really good country. Y'all have got a beautiful place, though. It'd be hard to beat that. Yeah. Y'all yeah, got a pretty sweet place. right outside of. Yeah. Yeah, it's man, it, it's come so far. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're gonna get Y'all the address <laughs> if they're going to the bull school. Yeah, yeah you have to sign it. You have to sign it. Have you <laughs> have you seen the? That's NWA. It's a rap group, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you seen uh, real estate prices taper off a little bit? Yeah, it seems like the market's slowing a little bit, just a touch though. But it's also winter, and nobody's selling a lot of stuff. It's kind of time of year too. Yeah. Least, As you know in the business. I mean in the biz. I wouldn't say they just took a fall or anything. They're still Yeah. Still there. Um Lisa manages the warehouse, manages Dale's life, everything. And she uh her best friend's a um a, a, a realtor and so anyway, she'll come in and help us in, you know, Black Friday and I'm surprised she's not here this week, but uh her name's Amy Pratt. She's a uh, pretty big realtor in this area, in this county, but Anyway, she uh, so we get to talk to her all the time. We'll all go to dinner or something. She's always talking about stuff like that. She said it was kind of tapering off a little bit. Yeah, but yeah just a still touch. Still pretty hot in this area. It's so, just crazy. Yeah. We, uh, a lot of seen... people want to come be cowboys. <laughs> I love being a cowboy. Yeah. 
You've seen what? Oh, Oklahoma's seen a little market shift this year due to some legislation that passed. Right. Uh, so we we had some hot commodities of, of properties. And uh, interesting there. Have you had any? So like being a realtor, I'm just intrigued with this, y'all. So um, we we're taking a break from rodeo because I want to ask a realtor about real estate. Um, I'm sure it, it seems like it'd be really tough because. That you said you, sometimes you want to just sit at the house. Like you get that call or text from somebody that they want to go look at a property or a house, and you are just 99.8% sure they're not going to buy it. And so it's just going to be like a waste of your time. Do you ever get, and, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of times where it is a waste of your time, but then occasionally it's not, and they end up buying it. Have you ever had, have you had those instances where you're just like, you're just completely shocked? Or maybe it's the opposite. You thought they were going to buy it and they didn't, or you thought they weren't. I've had both happen for sure. And and you can show somebody houses and they can look at them online all day long. And you're like, okay, I I got a good feel for what they want. And they'll send you something out of the blue. It's completely different. And you're like, this is nowhere near what we have talked about. And then they're like, yep, I want to buy this. I'm like, okay, that's what we're doing today. Like, I mean, it's, it's interesting to see that. But when you're buying a house, I always tell my clients like, what clients I've showed tons of houses to and they're like I'm so sorry we're wasting your time like you're not wasting my time you're not buying a daggum backpack you're buying a house right so I mean it's just part of the process you want to you want to make the right sell yeah yeah that's I'm not in it to sell somebody something like I'm just there to coordinate the transaction for them to buy what they want like I don't need to talk it up or sell it to you you're you're gonna know if you want to buy it I know you guys dabble in, in like rental stuff. Do you ever get to see stuff come across your plate before it goes on the market that might be a good? Yeah. Occasionally. It hits yeah. the MLS and I got it set up on my searches so I get an email. Right. So, yeah. What other uh, business do they have that you want to share? What? That's not a secret. Is <laughs> that know, a secret? No, no, that, no it's time. not a That's secret. It's a secret. The, he, the you, man? Ha- you have to like, and especially like with rodeo. Yes, yeah. let's get into that. To where, I'm joking. where things I'm was a, a year time. ago. I mean, oh. like, but legit people, I mean, you get, you get kind of that tunnel vision and I mean, it, it's good to be zoned in and, and 100% in on what your craft is and what you're going for. But at the same time, you got to be looking out that, you know, this rodeo deal and bull riding anything, it can end, you know, quick. Right. And multiple streams of income we always talk about. Yeah. I call you like on the, on the, you know, all the time talking about, well, what do you think about this? What do you think Different about ideas that? Like, and- you've got to be trying to push the envelope to get something else rolling. Yeah. You got to have multiple streams of income. Like, yeah. Most people don't know I have a regular job, do you? I think the last time we even talked about this scenario was when you were here, but we were talking about like, cause we're all, I mean, we're, we get a lot of rough stock guys in here. I mean, timed event is not that much older of a retiring age but a retiring age for bareback bull rider bronc rider i mean like 45 you're you're old that's ancient as far as getting on you know and then above that it's just kind of unheard of and uh and and i'm not i'm not knocking it you can do that if you're 45 and you want to get on that's fine i'm not saying you shouldn't but across the board if you're looking at the average retiring age it's like 32 three you know that's getting up there you'll have an occasional guy that's 35 or six maybe getting on a bull and 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 being successful making a living right making a living so at that point if you've not 
kind of thought about what else can I have lined up, you know, I mean, obviously, like you just, then all of a sudden, if you, if you're completely focused on that alone period, now all of a sudden you look up, you're 37, you're completely done. It's just like, well, what am I going to do now? And it goes quick. In my opinion, I think 37 is still pretty young considering other careers, you know, like that's still really long, young. And, and I think with the right attitude, you can start at zero at 37 and still be successful. You can five, six years have some side hustle that's turned into a main hustle. And you can, by the time you're 42, you, you got a pretty good thing going, you know? Right. And that's not a bad age to have a pretty good thing going. So I'm not, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I've watched web and smash over the last several years. And you guys, it's, you've got a vision and you're not, you're, you're not, it's oblivious <laughs> to that age where it's like, okay, I might need to be shifting my, you know, just my having focus. something going. I mean, I'm still, still young in the game. I feel, but at the same time, I look up and I've been at some rodeos from ten to twelve years already. Yeah, and it's like, holy smokes, where did that go? But at the same time, you know, smash, she's. She's the wizard of everything at the house and businesses and keeping me going. You know, I'd hate to see where things would be if I didn't have her because it's a, it's a lot to take in and keep going. Yeah. If I didn't have Lisa, I would just have like a box of shirts in the back seat of my truck. <laughs> It'd be me and Leroy. Still do. <laughs> but I'm saying that's it. That's There'd, be no There's no There'd be no warehouse. There'd be no warehouse. There'd be no warehouse. There'd be none of that. Yeah. So, what are you laughing at, Donnie? Yeah, I can just picture you driving down the highway in the old Dodge, <laughs> like, like driving to like oh, Saxton yeah. and Cheyenne, setting up a little sign. I was thinking, hey, y'all want some shirts? Buy your shirts. How do you think we got started? <laughs> exactly. Well, that's Selling how we got out of the trunk of my car. That's how we got started, but Dude, that's where we still remember, be. I remember that first video, like, not the first one, but like pretty close to the first. Like we all went down and you got on that big old steer like yeah. five times and yeah. we had to have GoPros. We had all kinds of stuff set up just trying to get the right angles to make this yeah. look like a legit bucking bull. I mean <laughs> it was. It right. Was. Yeah. But yeah. Was that well the that one with the basketball hoop? Like, yeah, when I dunked on <laughs> Jordan Minor. <laughs> Times have changed. I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. We still weren't really, I mean, like, we had a couple of shirts then. No, like, it was fresh. It was new. I was using, like, copyrighted music, and it was multiple years before I made a dollar. Yeah. Like, I was just doing this for fun, like, making people laugh, and then finally we turned it into a business. Probably, yeah, th a good three years after the first video. Which, up. which would have been six years after the first prank phone call. Yeah. So anyway. it's, it's neat, man. It's but that, that makes me, it makes me empathetic because I feel like that's one of the reasons that we're able to do a good job with our marketing and our branding is we legitimately love what we do, you know, and, and, uh, some people happen to find the videos entertaining. And so like entertaining those few people is, is enjoyable to us. And that's, that's how we brand and market this product. Well, then if you look at people that come to the internet to make money, 
they're like they screenshot something off their website and throw it on Instagram and it gets nine likes and eight of those are their aunts and uncles. You know, it's like I'm empathetic to that person because, you know, they, they've put, they've prioritized the money over the, you know, where we just, the money came later. You know, we were having fun. This is what we wanted to do. We enjoyed making people laugh. And then the money came later. Kind of like you with fighting bulls. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like you loved it and you were passionate about it, period. And then the better you got at it, the bigger rodeos you got, the money came later. Yeah. You know, the sponsors came later. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of years and miles and right. going to McCloy's rodeos for yep. having to like literally sell cotton candy to, to be able to make enough diesel money to, to drive home, you yep. know, like, and I wouldn't still trade. I got that cotton candy machine too. Yeah. I still got that candy machine. Just in case. Just in case. <laughs> Did you bring it? I didn't bring it. Multiple streams of income, baby. I love that story. That's Fair one of my favorite you know. stories. But yeah. It's, it's legit, man. Like I had, I blew my ankle out and broke my, broke, broke some bones and, had to have a big surgery and you know by the time all the time was put together it was about a year out and uh i was trying to do a little bit of leather work on the side but at the same time like i could go to all them junior rodeos and man a, a box of sugar doesn't cost anything at all how much would you gross what's the most you think you grossed in one evening like, selling cotton candy over a thousand. Oh, and that's not bad for a kid no i mean being 17 years old and a kid, I'd be happy to make. That. I didn't realize <laughs> you got another one of the machines. You know? Well, I, I mean, I might, I, I might mean, lease, we'll lease it, out. it out. Do a little, do have a little do franchise a, do a lease to own, yeah. rent to own. But it, I mean, that was legit, man. Like I, I did what I had to to get by, you know, like to keep my truck payment, keep my phone on, and and. I didn't realize you were seventeen. Payment. I thought you were younger than that. No, I was. I was seventeen. Uh, just just won the big bullfights and. Ada, uh, Oklahoma, the Rex Dunn's World Championship bullfights, and that was Saturday night. Sunday, we show up to my grandpa's to to rope, and uh, nobody had showed up. All my cousins around there, so we're all bucking these. Our our like bull riding and bullfighting pin was connected to the roping pin at the time, and uh, so I'm like, "Come on, guys, let's buck these steers." You know, so we're bucking them, and they all get they're over it. They're like, "This ain't fun no more." And, won't you get on, Cody? Won't you get on? I was like, I'll get on her. So I get on this little, little Corriente roping heifer, and she throws me over her head, and I land, and it's funny and all. And then her back feet came down and just, and I mean, just broke my leg, shattered my ankle, tore every ligament that I had, you know. So I'm like, and I knew that I knew instantly something wasn't right, you know. Dang. So I crawl over the side, and I'm like, I'm jacked, man. I gotta, I gotta go to the hospital. This is messed up. So I go and yeah, your legs broke, whatever. You cracked your ankle too, like no big deal. We'll put it in a cast. Put it in a cast. Uh, long story short, come back and the first I was at Savage Totoro's. Uh, he had a he he was bucking bulls quite a bit then, and there's a little white mealy, cute little booger. And I'm like I'm headed to go get around him, and as soon as I step to go around him, my ankle completely like rolls up, touches my calf again. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, dang, this ain't good. So do you think it wasn't like there was something still wrong? Yeah. So like, you so like I just, all I knew was the bones are broken. You know, I thought things were healed up and I was good, you know. So like that first one I come back, it, it, it rolled completely over again and hurt and felt stuff move. So I crawl over the fence, climb over, jump my pickup and drive straight home. 
uh, go back, get another cast, set out for however long, and then come back. And I was had like a big air cast I was putting on, plus taping my ankle and ankle. And uh, like I was going to some bull ridings and was getting by, feeling pretty good. But like I just felt like I was dragging my leg. Like I never could get over, you know, like I was like, man, I just need to work out harder. I need to, I need to train more. So I was trying to work out on it and train more, and, and it just never was. Like, I was constantly dragging a weight behind me. Yeah. And then, like, I was going to some bullfights again, and, you know, I got to where if I needed to throw a right-hand fake, I would just step across and throw it backwards off my left leg. You know, yeah. throw, a, throw a normal fake to the left off my left. Everything I was doing was off my left leg because it was strong, and I could, you know, I could still make it work. And I thought, man, this is what I'm going to have to do, you know, till this leg gets right. And then – uh Finally, I went and got an MRI, and me and Nathan are headed to Nathan Harp, uh, NFR bullfighter. We're headed to a bullfight in Stephenville uh, a couple of days after I got that MRI, and it was Dr. Bob, and he's like, hey, Cody, what's going on? I'm like, man, headed to the bullfight, go win some money. He's like, man, uh, we're going to have to have surgery next week. I'm like, surgery? You're kidding me. Like, why? How, why? Like, my leg's healed up. It's good. He's like, no, nah, man, you don't have a ligament left in your whole entire ankle. Dang. And then my Achilles tendon was eight, just almost completely in two because of the way everything was shifted. He's like, we got to have surgery next week. You're like, you're going to be done if you want to keep fighting bulls. And I'm like, okay. Well, I want to keep fighting bulls, so. So, surgery, long surgery, uh, Took a long time to get over it. Lots, lots of therapy, and I uh, got some pig tendons in my ankle now, and pretty sure some stuff's tore since then. But I'm still holding up pretty tight and, and still rolling. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. How that long was, a doozy. was it recovery? Man, it took. Uh, like I know, just to get out of the cast and like get in a boot and then get to go into therapy it was like a little over five months, yeah. and then was another three four months getting strong enough and to fight bulls you know how i was it sucks there's that moment i can think of a couple of injuries where it for me it's like you know deep down there's nothing wrong but you can also function you know like uh when my my back i, I had those herniated discs like i mean i can walk i can ride a horse nothing's broke right but i just knew something wasn't right you know and like um and then i just kept that right side just kept like being and then come to find out you know it's not the, the x-ray doesn't show anything but then you get an mri and it's like oh yeah this these three discs are pushing against this whatever and you find out something serious and then like with my collarbone like it just didn't feel right but it didn't hurt i was just like so I just kind of it's, kept it's going. crazy what you can get used to like right legitimate like pain on a daily what you can block out get used to you know like because you think that you're fine or you think that like oh this my old man like first time we got on anything my old man was like you need to learn the difference of in uh pain and an injury like uh like like just just pain being hurt or it being an injury and um you know, like if you kind of hyperextend something, it's going to hurt for a few weeks or as opposed to, you know, like tearing all the little ligaments in your ankle. Like there's a big, there's a difference there. And 
kind of important for what we do. I've not ever learned to like really, I always kind of err on the side of like, it's just pain. And then occasionally you'll mess yourself up and <laughs> yeah. just be. Yeah. Like, there's days smash is like, what, what are you doing? I'm like, man, I don't know. Like it. Yeah. It's, it's been a lot. Yeah. Like this last deal with my collarbone, like I broke it last March. Thought I was great couple months later and then got on all summer and just wasn't feeling good and then finally i was like all right i'm gonna go back in and get it x-rayed and it it was like not even it was tandy said it was a non-union the bones were not connected scar tissue had stuff around it and and so the pain was but anyways stuff like that it's just like you just don't know you know to anyways it's crazy there's you know, like, because you don't want to be a hypochondriac. I think that's every cowboy's fear. You don't want to be that guy that's always crying wolf. You know, go get an X-ray every time. There's no. I mean, but. you got to be tough. You got to, you got to be able to withstand pain, and you know, especially like in the heat of the summer, or heat of the winter. You know, when we're going so hard, like, you know, like two years ago, I had a bull stick a horn in my leg, and like it, like didn't physically like go through my leg, but like it. It tore all the muscles and basically like a having a ball of hamburger and like sticking your thumb through it is yeah. what this horn did to my leg. And uh, so then like wasn't too big a deal, I didn't think. But then we hit San Antonio and I start having a bunch of pain coming up into my like my butt. And, you know, then it was really hindering me to be able to get around and do what I need to do. But, uh, you know, that's a little bit more than just a sprained ligament or whatever you know like it it was legit something that needed to heal and have time but also something that if you can withstand it get through and do your job and make your living and and get home and get healthy do you know of anybody going in any event that is still going but has had more um injuries surgeries than jb mooney man I, i would have to say shane proctor is right there really right there with him shane is another guy that to me is one of the toughest guys i know like he what was it one summer there that he showed up to cody and he's in the bronc riding and the bull riding and it completely blew his knee out the night or two nights before so i mean like he he came and get around and i'm like dude you all right like surely he turned out i'm thinking he's like no i'm going here and then we're headed to wherever after this you know like hitting two or three rodeos in that one day and he usually has a pretty big smile on his and face yeah he doesn't even like it's like your leg's about to fall off like, like yeah i'm gonna get on here in a minute I'm like, okay. like this year man like we we were, or i'd say this year last year we were at ellensburg yeah. and he's on the cut you know he's had a rough go he's broke his leg he's did this he's battled through and is right on I think like 15, 16, 17, right on the bubble, making the finals. And like he makes a great ride, but completely just rips everything out of his shoulder uh, in that long round. Well, in order how, how that extreme finals is set up, you have to attempt your bull in order to get your average money. Well, like he was 89 or 90, whatever it was in that, in that long round. So like he's, he's at the top, man. And we're all in sports medicine. He's like, no, I'm turning out. I can't. And they come in there and it's like, well, if you turn out, you're you're at you're out of the average. He's like, what do you mean I'm out of the average? I'm I'm still gonna pick up a good check. And they're like, no, like if you turn out, 
your your average is gone. Like it's however it breaks down, it's the rules on the finals. And he's like, I'm getting on. I'm I'm gonna figure it out. So like he just tapes his arm, tapes it all to his side and gets his vest on and then like didn't take a rap or nothing. He just he told us he's like, I'm gonna nod and I'm gonna come blowing out like that's how yeah. it's gonna be. And sure enough, and he draw he draws a Chad Burger bull. I mean, this is a bucking ranked dude. I'm just like, God, this is this is going south, you know. But he rolls out and and gets to the deal and ends up being like second or third and ends up making the finals. You know, it's like I've seen some crazy <laughs> tough stuff like these guys go through, and it's just a it's just a and reminder. it's it's crazy. Like in that moment, you know, it's not about the money; it's about the fact that the way they keep score to get to the finals is through dollars. Yes. You know, like, yeah, it's great. He needed that check for his bank account, but he did that so he could go to the NFR. NFR. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's what, that's what I, I was uh, talking about. Sterling Crawley or somebody the other day, like Sterling's some, another one. that's just so tough, dirty, tough. Yeah. Like, and unbelievable. Some of these guys just, the only reason they care about money is that's how they keep score. The PRCA, yep. like, yep. What you know? That's how you decide who's going to the NFR. Is how much money's won. All right. Well, Top then I'll 15. try to win a bunch of money. Like, I don't care how much it costs me to get there. You know, so long as I get there. Well, I mean, it, you're going to make a little money of a successful year, but I mean, really, right. to really get ahead, put some money back, buy something. You know, it, it's making the finals and doing good. And I'm not knocking it at all. Like, I'm just as passionate about rodeo as the next, next guy. Like, I get it. So, like, any of these guys that, you know, I got a lot of respect for somebody 35, 36 that ends up being done and they don't have much to their name, but they've got, you know, because, because, you know, if you try to look through the lens of money at success, if you try to look to, like, for, like, you're just going to get lost. Like, it's not about money. If it was about money, we wouldn't be rodeoing, period. Period. Now you gotta love what you do to do there, this. There's two extremes and, and what you and I are talking about is like, you know, because there's some of those thirty five, thirty six year olds that won some pretty big checks and they just completely blew it. Yes. And so that's that's also not ne necessary. So like if you win the money and you got the money, well like be wise with it, you know. Uh, that that doesn't cost extra. That that's that's free. That you can be wise with. You know, call smash, invest in some real estate or something. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll anyway. get you fixed up. <laughs> but the point is, it's like just because somebody doesn't have money doesn't necessarily mean. I think I heard somebody the other day. Bigger is not always better. Better is better. And I was just thinking about money. You know, like better is better. You know, like a bigger check isn't always. Like in any, not just rodeo, but like, all right, you get a bigger check, but maybe it's a two week on two week off deal. And now your, your daughter doesn't know your name. True. You know what I mean? Like bigger isn't always better, but anyways, whatever. What do y'all think about money? What do you think about money, Donnie? I like it because you can gamble with it. <laughs> 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 but I mean. Other than that, I mean, Donnie was lighting it up in Vegas. Like he, he lighting really, it up at, at how? Just gambling. Oh yeah, just, I was just running amok. I mean, gambling. 
he was lighting it up as in he lost so much he helped them keep the lights yes. on. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's how a much, very true statement. How much were you down? Uh, just fourteen hundred. Just. Just fourteen. Which, I mean, fourteen days. That's a hundred dollars a day. It's a pretty cheap trip. Yeah. yeah. For for Las Vegas. Yep. Yep. Yeah. What do you think about money, Leroy? Dang, I I thought I saved this Tootsie Pop wrappers. I thought it had the star on it, but it doesn't. Oh, the Indian with the with the <sighs> dang. All that saving it for nothing. What a letdown. When did you have a Tootsie Pop? I don't know, but I when don't the, know why. Did you get one of those? <laughs> yeah, Where's like mine? where? Like I'm just curious where you got that at, or why you had it and I didn't have one. Well, I thought I'd probably save that wrappers. It had a had the star on it, but it didn't. Hmm. I don't know. It's yeah. I mean, on to the next one. Good question. What do you think about money, Leroy? Uh, it's a necessary evil. Yeah. It is evil. But you got to have it. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say I don't enjoy having some of it in my pocket, but I don't know. I, it's not about everything, though. Like, legit, no. I mean, like, if if that's what you're after, and, like, I know just for, for like, myself, like, you have, to, you have to enjoy what you do. And, like, bullfighting, rodeoing, it's it's free, man. It's freedom. Like yeah. it's a, it's legit the coolest thing that I'm my boss. Um uh, I'm, I'm my coach. Um I don't know, man. It's freedom. I mean, like we get to travel and do things that people dream of getting to do and and we get to do it while we're getting to rodeo, you know? Like yeah. it's I don't know. It's a double-edged sword, huh, smash. Like you Yeah, I mean uh, it's mostly great. I mean, mostly. Sometimes your obsession is a little hindering to other aspects of your life, but it's not. How you mean? <laughs> oh, get out of here! <laughs> oh, he every day. I mean, people don't even understand what goes on at the ranch as far as what he does outside. Of, they're like, "Oh yeah, Cody Webster, he's so good. He fights a rodeo." I'm like, "I don't even see what he does the other six days a week." Did it have to do with that legislation thing, or <laughs> no. <laughs> no? I wish we would have gotten that early. No, <laughs> okay. I, th- I know what you're saying. I think. Uh, well, I have an idea. Yeah. You, I don't know as well as you do, but the other thing that comes along with that is, um, I mean, you're n- we're not necessarily talking about hobbyist here. No. No, that's the other part that we got to remember because I'm sure like Tom Brady's wife yeah thinks the same about him. Yeah, we can probably you know I mean? we could probably have about, a good conversation about her husband. When we're talking about um being a, you know yeah. best quarterback of all time like all yeah. of a sudden like wh- at what co- what does that take to be that and what sacrifice? Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. And so um but Football, much like rodeo, has kind of an early retirement age, and I'm sure that when that time comes, he's he's gonna spend a lot more time with his kids and family than he does now. But right now, it's it's uh, well, and it, I think too though, like, and I mean, Ashley gets it. Like you doing doing what we do, you you can't slip up, man, because like not only like are you allowing yourself to be in that predicament to get hurt bad, but there's other people relying on what right. I do yeah. for yeah. safety, you know, bull riders. And, and like I said, man, people, I think it's something that we turn our head to so much or we get so used to, or I don't know. I don't know. I don't know exactly how you would break it down or explain it, but it it's that dangerous. Like 
people legit die doing what we do. And if I, if I'm not all in and I'm not craving it and living it every day, then, you know, your game's going to start slipping and, and legit somebody can get hurt bad, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think we both grasp that and understand that really well, you know, but at the same time, like it's a, it's crazy, man, to see the young guys coming up that, just want to jump right into the business and, and, and start at the top, you know, like thinking that they're going to go do this and do that and, and, and not have to put any of the work in and, and whatever. And I mean, there's, if you're lucky enough to get that, I guess, I guess enjoy that ride. But at the end of the day, I don't think you're going to quite enjoy or, uh, appreciate exactly what you're really getting to do, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I got to go to New York City, being Madison Square Garden last week, two weeks ago. Uh, you know, one of the most famous arenas of, of sports. Like, you go to really breaking that down. I'm walking the streets of New York City. I, I'm flying. I'm going to Denver. I'm going to the National Western. I'm, I'm headed from there to Chicago. Like, you know, like legit living my dream, getting to do what I do. But But people don't, like she said... She, they don't see what goes on the other six days of the week. And it's almost like if you're, if you're 19, 20 doing all that, you've, you've almost been, it's almost a disservice to like that person. I was at music fest a week or so ago and Courtney Patton, she's a, a singer and, and a songwriter. And she was talking about, um, you know, I think she, she might be 34, 35, maybe 36, somewhere in there. But, um, she was talking about she, she'll hear a 20 year old artist get on stage and talk about all the hard work they've had to do to get there right. like, I've been doing this for 14 years you know like yeah. I mean who wrote that song Overnight Success uh, gosh I can't think of it but the, it's a, oh, it's a pretty funny song it's like the, they've been singing in bars for 10 years before they hit their big lick right. and it's like everybody's like oh and then they want to call you an overnight success one of, no kidding i cannot think of who wrote that now but i watched him in a shady smoky bar one night he like yep. came back to play but he had kind of been hitting it big and he's like they want to call you an overnight success but they didn't see the last 10 years exactly so. and that's what brought that point up she yeah. was talking about playing shows where they they legitimately hoped and wished that that one person would show up mm-hmm. and they uh she's married to jason Eady. And they were going to, he was going to a show somewhere in, I think Little Rock, somewhere in Arkansas. I think it was Little Rock. And they, he was going over there hoping that one, one, uh, you know, a couple of people would show up. And uh, he said that uh, he stopped at a gas station right outside of Little Rock and these, this couple recognized him and were like, oh, yeah, we're going to your show. And he was like, oh, man, this is awesome. There's going to be some people here, you know? So he drives into town and goes and, gets to the venue and gets out and it's the only two people there are the people that he saw at the gas station <laughs> and they were talking about playing in front of crowds of 10 or less yeah. and uh anyway i uh i just had a lot of i just had a lot of respect for that do what i said golly yeah golly <laughs> but those are the memories like those are right the, those and, that's the stuff that people are going to talk about like if you just automatically went and played in front of ten thousand people every night like yeah Where's the, where's the ride? Like, well, it, it was like the other day coming home, like 
we were all driving. Uh, Aaron Mercer, he's he's staying at the house right now, and and uh, had a terrible injury uh, over the summer, and like. He's not the only one staying at the house right now. Doctors told him that. <laughs> no, it's there's a lot of bullfighters at the house. Cody right now, wasn't even home last week. <laughs> like they told they told Mercer like you're done, man. Like you're not gonna fight bulls again. Really. And so he showed up, and we're working out and and getting back in front of some live cows and and. But I was kind of I don't know. We just got to talking, you know, and I was, I was telling him about the like first time I really, you know, I was 15 years old, and. I see this ad in the, in the book that uh, the humps and horns back then. You remember that? It was yeah. It was a big bull riding sports news. You uh, still get that magazine. I still purchase that magazine, by the way. But it uh, it had like the ultimate bullfighters in there and like the number to call and for membership and you know whatever. So I'm like 15, you know, and the, I call this guy and he's like, "Hello," and I'm like, "Hey, this is Cody Webster. I'm you know I'm 15, but I'm talking like I'm 25, you know." I'm, yeah, I want to enter. I need to buy a membership and I want to enter, you know? And he's like, well, how old are you? And I'm like, I'm 15. He's like, man, I, I, I don't know, man. Like I, it, I'm like, no, like sell me my membership. Like I'm, I want to enter. Like I want to go, like I'm ready. Yeah. He's like, kids are 15. And I'm like, sell me my membership. Is it a hundred bucks? I've got a hundred. I'm going to put it in the mail, man. He's like, nah, I, man, I finally, like after all this, hassling and going back and forth he's like i'm gonna have to have one of your parents or some somebody's gonna have to sign for it. I, I we can't you're 15 man and i'm like i'll figure it out you know so get get the parents get my mom to sign that signature and then he's like man i've got a i've got a spot i can i can put you in uh archdale here in here in a couple weeks if you serious and i'm like put me in i'm i'm there i'll be there 15 you know like so sure enough i've at this point getting ready to get a driver's license but i've already been driving all over oklahoma and going i bought a pickup you know 15 as an old half ton dodge but it was mine and uh so i roll up there to school and uh at this point i'd already kind of been booking quite a few like junior high and high school rodeos and different stuff so like i'd, I'd been traveling around but i was pretty known for leaving friday you know before school's over and there's always repercussions when i come back monday like you know obviously because i just left and uh so anyhow like i get a flight i get a flight booked and friday rolls around and it's time to go to the airport so here here's a 15 year old headed to the airport you know and uh it's it's crazy but how'd you do get it get a flight get booked fly out there guy picks me up and and we rolled the event you know and like i remember just getting there and it rained from the time i got off that plane to the time i got on my plane to come home it rained outdoor event it no it was actually indoor but i had just a pair of tennis shoes i went and helped gather bulls helped sort bulls hauled the event and like we we show up and it's in archdale north carolina and it's like a it's a it's a horse cell barn where they have horse cells. It's just it's a little punk Dang. and rolling bullfight, you know. Like back then, there was the Wrangler tour went away, and Rex's bullfights were about the only good bullfights around. But this is a little little association that the UBF that was going on in in North Carolina all over the place, and we roll in there and we set up these terrible galvanized panels, and you know, like a, if a bull really wanted to get out into the crowd, he could have got out. 
So we get everything set up like they don't have a tractor, they don't have a plow, they don't have like it's so it's it's legitimately where they've been selling horses. You know how it gets where horses just Absolutely. walk constantly. It's like concrete. Yeah. And I remember walking around out there and I'm like, holy smokes, this is this is bad. Yeah. Like cleats ain't even gonna do any good here. Yeah. So anyhow, we get get ready for the bullfight and here comes this red car. Parks come sliding in, parks. Out jumps Evan Allard. Well, me and Evan have been fighting these junior bull ridings all over like Oklahoma for the last that that year and the year before, 14, 15 years old. And what are you doing here? I'm like, what are you doing here? And he's in the bullfight, man. Well, me too, you know. Like we're good buddies, but like we didn't even know I didn't even know he was going. Yeah. And so Evan long was story short. For sneaking off and going yeah, there. Evan was really good at like sneaking off to these smaller events and and cashing in paying the bills so like he's like dang man kind of getting in my getting in my business now this these are my honey holes you know <laughs> and so anyhow it's like a 10-man bullfight it's a heat of five and a heat of five and i'm in the first heat evan's in the second heat and man i i nod and like we hook up and get it on like it was a really really good bullfight i ended up he ended up clipping me and kind of cutting me a flip laying on my back and I like I remember like yesterday like I stuck my feet up to try to kick him in the head, and he ends up hooking me underneath my my calves, and it cuts me a backflip, and I land on my feet and go right back to just fighting, you know. Dang. So I went I win win that heat. Evan comes out, puts on just a phenomenal, great bullfight, and uh, so like in the midst of all this, I'm trying to get bulls out, so I'm using my baggies to like bait the bulls out of the out gate. Well, this bull gets his horn in my baggies and takes them down the alley. So I take off back there. It's so muddy that my baggies, they end up stomping my baggies. I never found my baggies again. So oh, wow. I end up, didn't have my baggies for the second round. So it, it, it come down to me and Evan in the short round. Uh, I had a really good fight, and Evan put on a clinic, ends up beating me. But I ended up second place. And, like, then, you know, they're, they're paying pretty dang good. Yeah. So, like... We get our pay or our, they paid in cash, which was another thing that got me hooked at a young age. I was like, "This is great." Yep. You know, got some cash money in my pocket. <laughs> Ain't no more of them school meals. I'm I'm gonna go get something to eat now. You know. Right. So I make it back, make it back <clears throat> pretty late Sunday. Go to school Monday and go to sit down first hour, and that lady's like, "Get out of here. Get go to the office." I'm like, "What the, what the heck did I do now?" You know forgetting Just about friday school. yeah forgetting go. about friday because i mean i've had a weekend of my life and go in there and sit down and and the principal is just like man like you, you can't be just leaving dude like if something happens and i'm like yeah i've heard it a thousand times at this point and anyhow like he's like we get into it you know i'm like no i'm bullfighting man like yeah but that that's it's not a school activity it's not whatever and i'm like I mean, I'm beside myself. I'm like, I just go ahead and just kick me out. Like, I'm ready. Like, kick me out, I guess. Like, that's the point I'm thinking because he just, it's not school activity. You know, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So, like, he's like, finally, after we go back and forth for a while, he's like, well, man, I'm like, what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have to expel you. You know, like, you're going to have to miss some days and consequences for this. And then when you come back, you're going to be in whatever it was. ISD, I don't know. 
know. Yeah, ISS. IS, whatever yeah, it is. In school suspension. I'm like, whatever. I'll fine. And then finally, like, towards the end of the deal, he's like, well, what, what did you – did you win? I was like, yeah, one second. He's like, well, what you, what'd you get? I remember just reaching in that pocket and pulling out that wad. It's like twenty two hundred bucks. Yeah, just put that wad of cash right there, and he's he kind of looked at it, and I'm like, <laughs> "That's why I went. That's what it's about." Daddy's making money. <laughs> but like, I had I had already bought my pickup. I had already, you know, paying bills at the house, helping mom. Like, uh, you know, like pulling pulling a lot of weight at 15 years old so like it was just such a different deal man like i didn't even think of myself as a kid you know like it was just i wanted to be a professional bullfighter and and i was i was going to be that and he's like you made that in one night and i'm like yes sir damn right i did (laughs) and long story short he ended up becoming one of my like he became a really big fan and and then ended up getting things worked out to where all the days I would miss, he would he would like uh, excuse. Excuse, you know, yeah. he was writing it off as like the a, a school excuse, you know, like. Dang. So it it, it turned well, out to like be a, a really program. good deal, but yeah, pretty much, it's just hard for people people to really fathom or or understand that, like legit eighteen year old, eight, you know, you turn eighteen, and if you're really really good, you know, making the NFR in in a year or two, or or making the PBR finals, or you know, winning some big time money being in this business is possible. Yeah. But it's hard it's hard for a teacher to understand that. Until this day, there's still a lot of teachers that comment or send messages or you know, that that are big supporters now and I, I think that's really cool for for where it's yeah. all come from. I think uh you know, and that that is a lot of money. And for rodeo cowboys, you know, for you know, you hear twenty two hundred dollars, and and especially early on, you know, like, oh man, if I could do that, and then then you'll have some nights where it's five hundred, six hundred. Then you have some nights where you buck off and it's nothing. But essentially, I think going back to being wise, like you still got to be wise. Like you had a crap truck, you know? yeah. You didn't have a brand new truck payment, you know, on, oh, no. on a brand new Ford or something like that. And so like being wise with what you do with well then that i ended up getting that big capri camper like i ended up one of my buddies was selling his capri <clears throat> and i'm like well i'm gonna have to have that like i'm yeah I mean, i'm fixing to start rodeoing like so at 16 i'm buying a capri right you know and putting on this old dodge like i had to leave the tailgate down because the capri was too big for my it was made for a long bed and i had a short bed dodge right so like i mean dude this thing would pop a wheelie yeah <laughs> going to the rodeos but man it was I don't know, like it, there was no doubt in my mind what I was going to do with my career and my life. And here we are 20 years later and still rocking and rolling. Still rocking yeah. and rolling. <laughs> yeah, that Capri deal, we had a a flatbed truck with a. Oh, you didn't even have it the, the sides. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it made for like a good compartment. Yeah. You know, you could put your rigging bags and your oh, saddles yeah. and everything. Like there's like we didn't that get ledge. Made fun of a lot. Oh my gosh! Yeah, right. Every rodeo. Yeah, we. It was kind of look at these a, hillbillies. But that's what it's it wasn't about, rodeo man. cowboys. Rodeo cowboys no. weren't the one making fun. It was like that sounds badass. Yeah, college <laughs> town. Like the only thing about it is like a flatbed sits higher yeah. than like the so, bed yeah. of like a normal bed, and so it made it super top heavy, and it was real annoying to like 
drive in town. You know, got a lot of drag with the wind, but or going through a pass like in Colorado. Or oh my god, going up to Evergreen, going up. Colorado. <laughs> but dude, like it. Is it this one? This one. Yeah. The, the 08. Yeah, the 08 Dodge. Yeah. Like legit though, like being being 17, 18, getting your card, you know, permit, got you a camper and like you roll out and leave, dude. Like I, yeah. I mean, I took out that summer and was still trying to go to school a little bit. And then like I get me a run of rodeos and then another guy gets hurt and I pick up a bunch more rodeos at the end of the year and I'm like I ain't going home. Yeah, school starting. I, I'm out. You Disclaimer: know, Cody Webster finished via homeschool. Like he didn't just quit school. <laughs> I love it. I <laughs> wish he had. I wish he had quit school. I wish he hadn't got your diploma. Like I got a lot of respect for people that like just attack like their one thing. That you accomplishment know. you had, I wish you wouldn't have had it. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I mean, I'm glad you did, but, like, if somebody didn't, like, well, and they got... she's trying to, like, and for all the kids watching, like, do, finish school. You like, need to finish. Yeah. If I could look back now and change Cody something, I would, I would definitely tell you to finish school and do right. Because yeah. at some point, and not everybody's going to have the career that I've got to have, you know, thank the good Lord that, that, that things have worked out how they have. But at I, the same time, I think not having a plan B makes your plan A really exactly. exactly. It, it puts it on another spectrum for yeah, you. That's plan all B, I'm saying. Me. Like I just I did bingo. That's plan A. <laughs> that is plan and A. A pretty don't stand much. for Ashley. The what I, all I'm saying is just like coming from a society and coming from you know like like I had grandparents that just like overvalued for instance, a college education, you know, and it's just like to have that to fall back on. Well, I mean, Ashley I'm just, can speak volumes not, on this. I'm not I'm, a fan of that being a fallback plan. Like I think that like I was destined to be an entrepreneur, always wanted to be one, always. And I'm glad I went to school. I had a great time and met, you know, I got to college rodeo, which led to, you know, like anybody I traveled with, you know, thereafter was, were technically people I met in college. And so like, I'm excited about that, but I guess when I do see someone like yourself who has a passion and a dream and a purpose to go do this thing and, you know, school is only going to get in the way with, of that, then like, keep going. Like for instance, one time I had a conversation with my granddad, we were talking, we were watching a, a college football game. They were talking about this particular college football player. He wasn't going to go to his senior year. And he was like, he was going to go to the NFL. He was going to get in the draft. And, and my granddad was like, oh, man, I just sure like to see him finish. I was like, why? He can finish later. What, what, well, but, but he, even if he, if he isn't, to. like, what the hell is yeah. he going to do <laughs> no. that he's going to make more money Dang, this is still, than this a is college still a football push player? Push your button, didn't it? Yeah. It did. I was, I was like, <laughs> well, well I mean, my, he just took it too far. And yeah. I'm just, because, you know, he ingrained it in me. And here we are. And, I, and like, finally, you know, get through school and all that. And he's, even this guy's like, Papa, he's going to make millions per year. And as soon as he signs that offer, they're going to give him the. He didn't yeah. even touch yeah, it's the like field, there's a signing bonus. Like he, he'll make more money than we've ever dreamed of if he's on the injured list. Yeah. Why does he need school? And he was just like, "Yeah, you're right." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, uh, I'm just like, now. Obviously, there are doctors, there are lawyers, there are people f that need to go to school absolutely. for a thing, and and I'm not knocking. I've got a degree, you know, like I've got two of them. Yeah. I get it. But I'm just saying sometimes it's, I got, I've just got mad oh, respect I got a degree. for someone. Get it, bragging camp? Yeah. 
I, all I'm trying to do, dude. I kind of said that for you too. Like you got one. Hey, you hey, know? hey! Don't bring me into this. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. If you got one, great. If you're yeah. getting one, that's great. But like, as far as rodeo yeah, wise, no, we're standing next to a world champion, and he didn't finish high school. You know what I'm saying? No, sort of. I know what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like you finished it. You had to finish it your own way. Yeah. I well, love it. I, I hate telling people I got a college degree because now I know like I don't need it. Yeah, that's why I like telling people, no, nah, I don't got no college degree. I, there's I'm, a time, there's a place for a college degree. These kids graduate in high school. Like, <laughs> I have a master's degree and I have a certificate to sell real estate. Like and a professional certificate and i use both of them and they both make me a lot of money and i love doing both of them yeah like but i mean from my point where i came from and what i needed to do i needed that college degree because i needed that job like i had i had a plan and i had it worked out and my degree is very specific to what i do but there's all these kids are like yeah i think i'm just gonna get a business degree i'm like why yeah well i just want a degree why yeah like there's 900 because they probably have that grandpa that's yeah. what I'm talking that's about. That's the only reason. I, that's they got that degree. pressure. They got that design. pressure. Yeah, I'm not knocking a business degree or whatever, but the, I mean, that was like everybody's go-to. I'm going to get a business degree. For like yeah. what? Like specifically, they're like, what are you going to do with that? Well, I don't know. Well, yeah. you're probably not going to do anything because nine other people that are going to apply for this job have a general business See, degree. And I'm okay with an 18-year-old not knowing what they want to do. Yeah. Um, And if you got college paid for and you just want to go on a free vacation, that's fine. But yeah. like, what I'm saying is it, it I think you can not know what you want to do all the way till you're thirty and still have time to get it done. But it's like why would you go into like this huge amount of debt doing something for a fallback? Like well yeah. I, you're you're gonna whatever your plan A is, it better be pretty damn good because your plan B is costing you a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's gonna be there, that debt. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's yeah. like I'm gonna work my ass off and for four years and go into all this debt for my plan B and it's like, man, your plan A, or if you start from zero, your plan A could be selling cotton candy yeah. and it, and it's ROI positive. Yeah. You know what I mean? If that's yeah. what, what, whatever it takes is what it takes. Cause I like, I like sales. If you can sell something, you can survive. Yeah. Do you, you need a license to sell cotton candy? Um, uh, not damn, I, don't <laughs> I don't know how that works Should i was probably thinking look at the current wasn't worried about it i was yeah. thinking that it like, depends on the town's uh, you probably just policy. gotta have permission with the rodeo yeah it, it was i had to i like i had to i had to pay like a booth rent space or whatever but dude i i remember i remember being in the back seat of my own pickup going to get this freaking cotton candy machine in dallas and my leg is, I mean, it's its all propped up. I can't walk. It's in a cast, you know, whatever. And then I remember driving home and just looking in that through that back window just thinking, man, what, this is, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah, but then when you fold over that $1,000 at the end of the night, you're like, oh, it's not that terrible. Well, Ross told me, like, Ross Hill, he, he was an entrepreneur, bullfighter. You know, if you've been around him, you know him. And he was one of the rankest guys going, but he always – always had his cotton candy machine with him and then later on got into like the snow cones and stuff but like every time he'd book something like if you're gonna book me to fight bulls i need a booth and like dude like he's at ada at the big bull fights one year and like where's ross i i, I don't know where, where oh he's over there at the cotton candy machine like dude the line is just wrapped around the arena and everything for these kids getting cotton candy he's in the bullfight and yeah 
Ross, like you need to get on a minor in the next round. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. And he's he's over there hustling cotton candy, you know, yeah. like I love it. But it got me through, man. It was I don't know. It's whatever it takes is what it takes. We need to maybe sell look at selling cotton candy. That's at what the I was booths. about to say at the booths. Yeah. One for three, so, two yeah. for five. That'd be good These idea. kids will eat it up, dude. It's Oh yeah, that was literally. that was a long time ago, Webb. <laughs> One for five. <laughs> Two for eight. One for three, two for five. Let it roll, yeah. baby. It's sugar. Yeah, it's but, air. Uh, yeah but this is premium. Inflation. We're going to have premium cotton candy. Oh, I had Sugar's premium. Gone up. I didn't just have the, the, the blueberry and the strawberry. Like, I had uh, banana. I'm not even talking about maybe oh. it comes in like a Dale Brisby sticker cup. You know what I mean? See, That's where the premium comes in. I, I, I think would, you should probably listen to the. To the man whose hey, warehouse we're sitting in. Well, as maybe? far as cotton candy goes, he's the expert. He can tell you how to make it, but I'm pretty sure you can tell him how to market it. For an it. extra $20, I'll make it look like a cowboy hat for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. There you go, kids. Uh, I like the cotton candy thing just because they got to come back for more. Yeah. Dude, once you get them on it, they're on it. And it's an impulse buy. Like, like you ain't got coming. to think about whether you want to spend five bucks on cotton candy. Yeah, I'll get it. Yep. They will yep. buy at a rodeo occasionally. I'm like, gosh, these people are walking. Give me one of them cotton candies, please. It's way right. different than 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 real estate. You know, like yeah. you'll you'll buy cotton candy from a cotton candy salesman just to get them to shut up. Yeah. You know? yeah okay, here's five bucks. Just Dude, it, I would alone. though, man. Like I would stand there, like I had a I had like a bench to where I could prop my leg up and have that cast hanging off the backside. So I could kind of stand there and they had that bubble and dude, I could sit there and just whip up some cotton candy like we need to get in the cotton candy. Apparently, Next. we need to whip out this machine. Next. Like, so we can, you're you know, done talking about cotton candy? Yeah, I'm done talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're just getting us excited. We're talking about being entrepreneurs. That's how it came back. Let so, get on YouTube and learn how to run one. Do it, man. Do it. Oh, Jerry's in town is going <laughs> to. Hey, you can't be selling that out here. <laughs> uh, Jerry ain't going to care. No. Well, um, we, today, we, we wrap up each podcast with life advice. So we're here. We will hear from the realtor first. What you got for life advice? The faster you learn that you don't probably know nothing, the more you'll learn in life. Bingo. I like that. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Or I guess live like you don't know nothing. You'll learn a lot more. I guess you probably know something, but not a lot of people probably care. Just keep your mouth shut and do the job. Yeah. I can't remember which intern I was talking to. We were talking about going to different ranches and like even like a like an asshole will be will kind of soften up and help a humble person wanting yeah. wanting to learn. Yeah. Cause even if they're an extreme a hole, they at least like to hear themselves talk, maybe. Maybe. But they'll help somebody like that. Yeah. But when you act like you know, there nobody wants nobody to help cares. somebody like that. Nobody wants to help a know-it-all. Yeah. At all. Yeah. I like that. What you got, Webb? Man, uh, I don't know. All the talk we've had today, I mean, any anybody out there that is struggling or, or contemplating on chasing what they love doing and going after, like, you got to legit live it, breathe it, and go after it. And gave it everything you got, and you you might you might make it one day. Yeah, might might. 
Uh, one thing I've been struggling with, I was talking to somebody, uh, me and Cole, the newest intern we're talking, but like, you know, there's things that you got to do like discipline. A Mike Tyson quote was, um, discipline is doing something you hate, but doing it like you love it, you know? And, uh, um, like, like take, working out, like working out. I, I take, I take out, cold showers. It's gotta be done. I take cold showers every morning. And I, for like the last year, at least, maybe longer than that, and uh, and I hate it. Every time I take a cold shower, I hate it. But when I get out, like I love the mental win of having gone through that. You know, like now I've I've just I've accomplished something. I've won. You know, and and like I hate I hate running. You know, and so I've been trying to run every day, and um, but like having done that now, all of a sudden, if it's seven o'clock, I've already taken a cold shower and I've already ran longer, you know, further than I normally do. Like, like I, I don't like to do those things, but I'll do them anyway. And I think that's discipline. I think that's so. I'm gonna go with the Mike Tyson quote: "Discipline is doing something you hate, but doing it like you love it." I like that. So, what you got, Danny? Do whatever it takes. Bingo. Sometimes you got to change the way you look at things. Yeah. Have a different attack plan. Bingo. I like that. Lift and stay back. Leroy. <laughs> Our doubts are traitors that make us lose the good we often might win by fearing to attempt. Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Uh, Dang. Also Goofy. Dang. <laughs> Gary Lefeu said that. <laughs> Shakespeare by way of Gary Lefeu. That's good. Woo. That's Desperados. Good. Yeah. Two goat ropings in a county fair. Dude, uh, I'm ready to go get this. Let's get this video started. We got one more deal we got to do, which you're going to like. Well, first we got to eat lunch. But yeah, then we're going to go do that thing. What is, uh, what's the deal? I'll tell you about it later. Thank you for uh, listening, watching, 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 Rodeo Time, the podcast episode like 90 or something like that. Uh, We're keeping it 90. So text me 940-353-0890 and uh, we are on to the next one.